situation and finding help and finding people, all of this stress. And then uh, I was talking to uh, Adam and, and uh, Autumn and Audrey and uh, Friday morning and uh, been teach been being taught Bible study by uh, Mike and Shauna, her aunt, and I. She, their baby is very allergic to formula and she said fortunately we got a can from here and a can from there and somebody was out of state and looked and I obviously I you know I, I don't know and of course she told me she said uh, somebody sent her a clip where they're bringing formula to the border and yet she said, and yet I know those children need formula too, but my baby is allergic to a lot of kinds and there's a special kind that she has to have and she breaks out and, and uh, stress on our nation, stress on people. And of course, if you have, uh, you know, like I said this morning, if you go to a gas pump and uh, all of a sudden it's not $25 to fill up it's 45 or 55 or 75 and if you have diesel it's uh, all of a sudden whatever so we are are living in an hour of we need the power and that's what Paul started in talking about in his gospel the resurrection power he and I mentioned to you that we have a pack of cards, Brother Nick read out of this chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, and talked about uh, where it talks about, I hath not seen, and it's words that we often quote at a funeral, but uh, he was talking about the resurrection, and I read to you what he said, and how that James, his own, Jesus, his own stepbrother, uh, believed on him and all uh, that it was says that you also will be saved if you keep in memory what I have preached unto you unless you have believed in vain believed in vain for I delivered unto you all that Christ received how that Christ died for our sins according to scripture and he was buried and rose on the third day according to scripture was seen and he goes on and and he says of all of these and you read it in this 15th chapter scene of james scene of me and one born out of due time i am the least of the apostles that may, i am not meet to be called an apostle because i persecuted the church of god then he makes this statement a bold statement but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace was bestowed upon me was not in vain. How can grace be in vain? How can unmerited favor be in vain? He said, but I labor more abundantly than all of they, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach, so you believe. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some of you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there's no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. 
Yea, we are found false witnesses of God. But we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised uh, not up, if be so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not, not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. So in other words, it's useless. Ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which fall asleep in Christ are perished. And if in this life we have hope in Christ, only we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and became the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man death came, by man came also the resurrection of, dead, of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall be all made alive. And I mentioned that it wasn't James the son of Zebedee or Alphaeus, that's uh, James the just or James the brother of Jesus. Of course, as I mentioned today, there are a lot of people in the Old Testament. Job said, for I know that after the skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. Of course, we talked about Thomas and we talked about, you know, where even Jesus himself said, they said, Lord, show us a sign that we believe. And he said, an evil and adulterous generation seeks a sign. There shall be no more sign given than the prophet Jonah. Jonah was three days and three nights in a whale's belly. So shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Of course, I read the reference that the people that were mocking Jesus today and Jesus himself had said, I'm going to destroy this temple and in three days I will build it up. And they used those words against him thinking he was talking about the literal temple. The literal building, not your body. And in one place, he was talking to his disciples after the resurrection. And they were all frightened and terrified and worried and couldn't understand it all. And the resurrected Jesus appeared to them and he said these words, Peace be unto you. The Bible says they were terrified and frightened and supposed that they saw a spirit. And he said, Why are you troubled? Why do these thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself, handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and blood. They thought this resurrection was an apparition of some sort. He was trying to show them this is not a ghost, this is not a spirit, this is I am real. And he showed them his hands and feet and then when they were believing, they, they were wondering, what are you, wonder what it's about. And so he said to them, do you have any food? Do you have any meat? Let me, let me eat a meal with you. And he showed them he was in fact resurrected. Why? Because they were terrified and they were frightened. 
And so it becomes a good lesson for us to understand when the enemy brings fear and when he brings terror and when he starts bombarding your heart and your mind and you know, you're just, you're overwhelmed and, and you've got one thing after another. And I, I know we're, we're soon to be in the middle of, of, of summer and we in fact uh, talked to Brother Tim and Sister Julie the other day and they normally do a fireworks show and they want to help raise money for the building fund and so they're going to do it. They don't want any payment for the fireworks but they're wanting to do something for the building. You say, well why pastor? Are you wanting to try to upgrade and update? Well, you know, the Lord's coming back. Yes, but we work every day like, you know, it could be another day, that another year, five years, 20 years, whatever. Why? It, because we're here. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And I, I, and I appreciate it. I, I know they've had a great fireworks. I think one year I was able to see it. And you'll, you'll be getting slides on that. And I know, you know, we have people around here doing things and taking pictures and trying to figure out what's going on and and we because we had a run we had a what was that run with fire thing and we handed out flyers and we don't try to get anybody's face and we're we try to be respectful but we're trying to get the word out we're here we believe in the resurrection we believe in the power of almighty God we believe that God can break every addiction we believe that God can change your life we believe that God can destroy anything and everything why because if Jesus God up is your addiction greater than death no is your cancer whatever you fill in the blank bigger than death no we're serving a God that was able to get up when it's impossible he can do the impossible and so that's why you know, he sat down to prove to those he took honeycomb and fish and I, I guess he ate it. You say, well, can you eat? I don't know. He ate in front of them so that they would know this is indeed, the, you know, who he is. And, and, and I told you this morning about how his own brother had, had, had been so much of an unbeliever and yet that's what Paul was writing about was the seeing Jesus at some point changed his mind and I'm here to tell you that if you can't get your eyes off of any off of your world and your problems long enough to look at Jesus you will unfortunately find that you are in the same cycle that everybody else in the world is but we have a hope and that is that we can get our eyes off of our situation off of what I'm going through and say Lord I know you are still greater greater is he that's in us I know you're still powerful and that's what happened he became a believer and we we realized that and I I know Cornelius first Gentile you know what Simon Peter didn't even know what he was going to say or do and he goes to Cornelius's house and you remember what he preached 
Preached that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. God raised him up on the third day. And, and you were witnesses before God. And he ate and drank with us after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people. And, and he told us what to do and to testify that he was ordained of God to judge the quick and the dead. And that to give all of those prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall have remission of sin. And while Peter was talking about the resurrection, all of a sudden resurrection power entered the room where Cornelius was. When he was saying, listen, I know a God that got up. He got up. He got up. And boom, all of a sudden they begin to praise the Lord and talk in tongues. I know. I, you say, well, you know, why, why are you so excited? Why are you jumping? And why is all your problems over? All your situation? No. But I'm, I believe in resurrection power. I believe in resurrection power. Listen, that's the only thing that keeps me going sometimes. So, well, are, you have faith. Two more shots. Three more. Raises on the interest rate. It's going to all level out. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what my faith is in? Yeah. Resurrection power. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. And, and that's why even before, you know, Paul wrote in Romans about Abraham. And he said he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, that being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but unto us also, to whom it shall be imputed. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. What are you saying? I'm saying whenever I think, Lord, I don't know how you're going to change me. I don't know how you're going to work on me. I don't know what you're going to do. I, I'm telling you, I'm still struggling. I still get mad when somebody cuts me off. I still don't like this. I, oh, that's when I need to start turning my mind back on the resurrection. Lord, you were able to raise up. You got up from the grave on the third day. If you can do that, you can help change me. If you can do that, you can make a difference. Why? That imputes righteousness unto me. He goes on in the 10th chapter of Romans and says, But what hath, hath saith it? The word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. The word of faith that we preach that if we confess with our mouth Believe in your heart that God raised up him up from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. What are you saying? This was written to a church. He wasn't talking about how to, uh, uh, you know, he wasn't saying that there's no Holy Ghost. But he was saying you got to keep believing. 
You got to keep believing. There's resurrection power. I don't care what the doctors say. There's resurrection power. I don't care what what what, what somebody else says. There's resurrection power. Sister Marie Spirite texted me a while ago and said we just got a report back that my grandson is cancer free. There's resurrection power. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to do, but I know a God that is able to speak peace to every situation and calm every sea and move in every storm. That's who I know. You say, well, pastor, I, I, it's imputed. He said, for his heart believes unto righteousness, mouth is confession is made unto salvation. How many times has my mouth gotten me in trouble? Because I've talked about all the stuff. That, well, I don't know how we're going to do this, and I don't know how we're going to do that. And I don't know how this is going to get through. And I don't know what we're going to do about this situation. And I don't know when I need to be talking about, you know what? I still believe in the resurrection. That's the gospel power. I believe in the resurrection. Well, I don't know how they're going to be saved. I don't know how they're going to turn around. I don't see a way, but you know what? I know a guy who makes a way where there seemeth to be no way. Oh, and I read it this morning where he says, I pray you that the Lord will send another comforter that will abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth with him but you know him for he dwells in you he dwells with you shall be in you I will not leave you comfortless I will come unto you yet a little while and the world seeth me no more but you see me because I live you shall live and that day you shall know that I am the father and ye are in me and I am in you that's what the Holy Ghost is folks is the spirit of Jesus and sometimes we forget that's resurrection power. That's the ability to get up from the grave. You say, well, I've never had that ability. When you got the Holy Ghost, you tapped into that power. You need to remember that's what power I have. And I, I read to you this morning about Matthew and the wrong test because they were saying, come down from the cross. And he was saying, I'm going to go up to my father. If you remember, I read the verses in Corinthians where it says, verse 10, By the grace of God I am what I am, and His grace which was bestowed on me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. What are you saying? Grace is free, and I just sit here like a lump, and I do nothing? No! Oh. I've got to get up. I've got to raise my hands. I've got to worship. I've got to get out in the aisle and dance. I've got to pray. I've got to read the word. That's why Paul said, the grace was not in vain. It made me want to do something. When grace touches you and you don't change, you don't respond you don't embrace it. You don't worship. Then the grace is in vain. Ezra, Old Testament. The Lord tells him, you know, you're going to go rebuild the temple. 
And here's what he said, since the days of our fathers, we've been in great trespass and iniquities. Our kings, our priests have been delivered into the hands of the kings of the lands, to the sword, to the captivity, to spoil. Are we living in a nation that is in great trespass, great turmoil, great stress? confusion of face as it is this day and yet here's what Ezra said now for a little space grace hath been shown from the Lord we go on from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. For we were bondmen, yet our God hath not forsaken us in our bondage, but hath extended mercy unto us in the sight of the kings of Persia to give us a reviving and set up the house of our God and repair the desolations thereof and to give us a wall in Judah and Jerusalem. What are you saying? I'm saying that no matter what you've done, no matter how what situation you've gotten yourself into if you will simply start tapping into that resurrection power and say Lord I need you to revive me again I need you to baptize me again fill me again I'm going to worship oh I, I and I know I I understand I, I I I will be candid with you I know some of the stories of the people that were up here praying and worshiping why they're not all solved Yet, but you know what they're doing? They're saying, revive me again, oh Lord. Touch me again. In the midst of my bondage, I need another blessing. In the midst of what I'm going through, I need to dance just a little bit. Why? That's resurrection power. Imagine. You mess up. You come out of the presence of God. And you are, the Lord is permeating you, your face, and you're shining, and you're doing everything. And you see the finger of God cut out two tables of stone and carve the Ten Commandments and hand them to you. About that time, You hear the shouting down around the campfire. What's going on with everybody else that are playing the fool and dancing around a statue, making a golden calf. How overwhelming is that? And you walk down a mountain carrying two tablets of stone and you look around and you see what everybody else is doing and they're being crazy. And you get frustrated. And you just. Bam. Break those tablets of stone. Grind the statue up. Make them drink it. You're mad. Now what? You want to read what happened? Or say hey Moses. 
need you to come back into my presence. But I have not done near what everybody else has done. Me and you, Moses. I need you back with me. I got a little reviving to do for you. Yeah, I know, they were all playing the fool, but you need a little reviving. Moses has to get out a hammer and chisel, char carve out two more pieces of rock. Now, I don't know how big the rock was. I don't know if it was sandstone, but I can't imagine for an 80-year-old guy. Remember, he was 80. And he hews those out, and he got up early in the morning, and he starts climbing back up the mountain. What are you doing, Moses? Man, I got so mad I broke all Ten Commandments in one moment. You ever felt like you've almost been there? Yes. Come on, what are you doing? I'm going back into the presence of the Lord. What, what are you doing? And he goes up into Mount Sinai and he's got these two tablets and he lays them down. And do you know what the Lord said, now Moses, I want to give you a new name for me. What did he call himself? First time. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions, Oh, and sin, and will no by no means clear the guilty, but visiting the iniquity unto the children in the third and fourth generation. And Moses said, Oh Lord, I don't deserve your forgiveness. Revive me again. He bowed his head and started worshiping. What are you saying? I'm here to tell you that somehow in the midst of all that's going on in our society, and world we have a power to tap into I don't care how frustrated you've been I don't care what tables of stone you've busted remember he is the Lord merciful and gracious oh let him revive you again oh what are you saying I know that man is not justified by the law but by faith in Jesus and he said that we have believed in Jesus that we might be justified by faith of Christ and by the works of the law for the works of the law shall no man be justified why for by faith by grace are you saved through faith it's not of yourselves it's the gift of God not of works lest any man shall boast you can't make it in this hour nor can I without resurrection power without tapping in to the presence of the Lord. Every Sunday, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, every morning in your prayer, you're gonna have to tap. Why? Because it's gonna be too easy to get frustrated. Too easy to get angry.
That's why Paul said you're great, you're saved by grace, you're saved through faith, not of yourself, it's the gift of God. James said it like this, he gives more grace. You know what makes the grace of God in vain? You want to make the grace of God in vain? Go back to the Moses story and simply say to yourself, I can handle this. If I get mad enough, they'll straighten up. I can get them in line. I can do it by myself. I don't need God. I don't need the presence of God. That's why James said, God resists the... When I say, I got it, I can handle it. How do you think I talked about persecution Wednesday night and just being helpless? What's that doing to us as a church? It's turning us, we need God in every service. I need the presence of God. Oh, you say, I, I, I can handle it, I can do it, I got it, I, I, can, I know where I want to take in college, I know what I want to study, I know what I want to do, I know where I'm going to work, I know. Every day I got to get up, say, Lord, I need your grace, I need your resurrection power one more time. Oh, pastor, are you saying that you... I don't have the answer, but I know someone who does. I know someone who is able to make everything brand new. He said he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will. Service like tonight, service like this morning, simply designed to tap back into resurrection power. That's why, you know, you say, well, I don't feel like shouting. Okay, if you just got up from the dead, you'd feel like it moving your feet a little bit. Huh? In fact, poor old Lazarus, when he came forth, Jesus had to tell everybody, hey, loose him. You say, well, feel nothing. Well, if I were you, I would say, Lord, I want to tap in.